It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We have got a lot to talk about this week. A lot. We didn't get to talk about anything last week. Hey, we had a great episode with former Southern Miss quarterback and current color commentator for Southern Miss football, Lee Roberts. So if you missed that episode, go back to the archives on SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, and iTunes. Check it out. All right, in in with me, as always, in studio tonight, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations to the top. To the top, man. All right. I don't I don't know what all that means. Well, uh, also, <laughs> we've got another guest in studio tonight sitting in with us. Uh, you may have seen him. He's a writer for the Student Prince. He's about to get on board with the Hattiesburg American, among other things. Trevor Ritchie is here. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Trevor, thanks for coming in, man. Yes, sir. We brought Trevor in because he's been to practice a few times lately, and we really have got an itch to talk about Southern Miss football. That's kind of where we're at right now. So news this week, we got a lot to talk about. Like I said, the third week of fall camp, we got the basketball team playing in the Bahamas right now. We've got it pulled up on the screen. Hasn't started yet for some reason. Hopefully we have the right link and everything. Rain. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) And then there's a new football series that's been announced. We're going to talk about all that and more. Lead story tonight, I want to talk about it. Last night, the first episode of the new Hard Knocks. He was only on for like 20 seconds. But former Southern Miss head coach Todd Munkin did not disappoint. He went full Munkin. He went sure. full Munkin, and it was amazing. And you know the thing is, you know how I know I'm old, is that you sent me a text of that clip at 9.30, and I saw it this morning at 5.30 when I woke up. <laughs> right, right. So I rolled over, and, and you know I was looking at my wife, and I said, okay, I'll go ahead and play it. Oh, and it was amazing. And she, and she woke up. I, I can't <laughs> post it because of like copyright laws, but te- text me, and I'll send you the clip. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Straight Monk. Straight Monk. Also, uh, Tori Bowie won the women's 100-meter race at the World Championships this past Sunday. She finished with a time of 10.85 seconds, defeating Marie Jotalau by .01 seconds. Incredible. Incredible. Here's my question, and that's awesome. Here's my question. Sprinters... When they get to the line, they lean at the line, correct? Right. So how is it in baseball when you're going down the line, everybody says it it slows you down when you dive into first base. If it slows you down when you dive into first base, then why did Tori Bowie win last night by that point whatever? Because she leaned. Uh, Tori, if you're listening, come on the show and explain (laughs) that to us. We'd... uh... I mean, she wasn't even projected to win. I mean, it's right, Trevor. Heavy underdog. Heavy underdog. I mean, and she's the fastest woman in the world. That's awesome. So kudos to Tori. Come back and see us. Come sit in the studio. We know you want to talk some Southern Miss football. Uh, also, last <laughs> week, uh, Bump and I went to the season ticket holder sneak peek social at The Rock. Got to take a tour of the new locker room, the weight room. That was my first time in there. I was impressed. Um, it's stunk to high heaven, but that's kind of part of what you get. Um, then we went up to the touchdown terrace. They had some refreshments. They had some food. John Gilbert spoke. Nothing really earth-shattering up there. He talked a little bit about he's looking at locations for the Bauer Center, 
season tickets he opened up. Season tickets were currently at about 8,000. Um, and he also talked a little bit about the future of television. The Mountain West is going to be going to a streaming deal once their contract ends, and he kind of thinks that's the future of everything. To top it off, the, the, the surprise, they modeled the uniform combos for the season I don't guess all of them, but they had a full gold uni, a full white uni, and a full black uni. The helmet had the Southern Miss football logo with the kind of with the white in it, so it showed up a little better. Um, they didn't show any of the throwbacks, but one thing that we kind of noticed. Okay, so last week there was a tweet out by Southern Miss Sports Today with Reggie Collier, and in the background they had a black helmet that had the old USM logo that was on the helmets from like 1980. Or like 79 through 82. Like with the USM? With, with the, the USM. They right. had that on there. On the T-shirts for Homecoming with UTEP, they had that helmet on those T-shirts. So today, there was also a tweet with Edo Smith wearing the throwback 97 jerseys. They had a helmet that had the, I guess, the recreational Southern Miss logo, Eagle mm-hmm. head logo. Right. Um, so I, my understanding is we're going to wear, we're going to have a number of different combos on the helmets. I hope that... Wearing those throwback jerseys, they bring back that throwback throwback logo from '97. But you know, they, they've they've kind of shown their cards on the helmets a little bit. It may be similar to what we did in 2011, where they have different logos uh, each and every week, which I'm totally fine with. Everything looks better after a W. Exactly. And as far as that logo, I mean, so break time. We're gonna take a break. <laughs> you guys come back with us. We're gonna talk about Southern Miss football. Talk about the upcoming season how the position battles are shaking out, and more right here on To The Top Talk. Welcome back to The Top Talk. This is Jamie Arrington here each and every week. Your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. In the studio right now, Jason Bailey and Trevor Ritchie. We're going to talk a little bit about Southern Miss football. So, Trevor, you've been to practice a, a, a few times the past couple of weeks. What are your kind of your impressions of the team right now? I think, uh, obviously, that quarterback battle is going on. It's looming. Um, they have great depth on offense versatility the running backs are deep the wide receivers are deep julian allen at tight end is is a beast um i don't think there's any issue on offense other than the offensive line is a little bit scary i'm not scary but they just have to season some guys some young freshmen get some experience in there figure out what packages what who what they want to run with what personnel and uh give them a little protection up front one thing i'm excited about and you know some of this is word of mouth and some of this is kind of uh, how the cards are shaking out, but I'm really excited to see what the defense brings to the table this this season. They have some uh, some good uh, packages and coverage. I think there are some size issues where they can get caught in mismatches. Uh, they are cross-training at linebacker just to figure out what they have there. And the defensive line, this is probably one of the best fronts they've had in a while, one of the largest fronts they've had in a while. So uh, in the first scrimmage, uh, one of the takeaways I had is they got to the quarterback pretty easily. They were just – quick, off the ball, and so that's something to look forward to. Also, you know, one of the things that, that Hop's talked about and, and some of the writers have talked about is the influx of speed that's coming this season. I mean, you got some guys that can burn. you got some guys that were, you know, redshirting last year or 
are, are new to the team that are bringing a little more speed to the table than what we've had recently. Yeah, um, T-Rod Daniels is one of those guys. He was one of the two explosive plays that happened during that scrimmage. He's got 4-3 speed. Um, I think Coach Hobson, I want to say you uh, compared him to Warwick Dunn was his, yeah. his quote. I, I see a little bit Darren Sproles using him in the uh, return game. Uh, Kez Watkins, he's a little deeper on the uh, depth chart. He had a 43-yard touchdown, receiving touchdown. I think that's partly because he was in a bit of a mismatch, but still incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if I've talked about it much. And I I, I want to talk a little bit about T-Rod Daniels. Um, they've kind of got him. He's probably, you know, third string running back right now with, with Payne being out. They kind of have him in some different multi-purpose back positions. And he's, you know, uh, first string on the kick returns and second string on the punt returns behind staggers. But when he was in high school, he did a class project on doing stand-up comedy. And I was his mentor for that project. So I've known him for a few years now. Funny guy. Amazing story, man. He he had some, you know, his grandmother pretty much raised him. Uh, he really wanted to come here his senior year, but I think he had some injuries and some things just didn't go in his favor. So he went to Perk. He uh, was one of the fastest people, a person that's at the, a lot of the camps last year. You know, and, and really there were some times where we weren't sure what the story was with him, but he ended up signing and he ended up showing up this summer and has really made an impact and kind of seems to be focused and motivated. So a really good kid. I'm really looking forward to seeing what to Roderick T-Rod Daniels brings to the table this fall. Are you going to have a T-Rod jersey? You know, dude, I own a couple <laughs> of jerseys and like <laughs> – the only ones that fit me are like Kyrie Thornton and Raheem Nunez Rochas. Like I, I could not fit in a running back jersey. <laughs> too tight. Too tight, man. Too and much. You're not near fast enough. And too many adult beverages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, ten years ago, I could have pulled it off. Yeah, right. you, you break a five zero, you can. Yeah, if I break a five zero, we can put it on. I got a question about for Trevor about Julian Allen. You mentioned like you know he's like a beast out there, right? He just he just lines up and. Yeah, you, just, he, he, you I mean, look at the matchup. He looks like NFL plug and play ready to me right now. He looks. I I don't know uh, where he's at as far as uh, pass catching versus versus blocking. I haven't observed him a lot. You just see when whether he's ready to block or lining up for a pass. It's just. Well, that's what I was going to get at. And just in your experience, just with the last week and week and a half or so, watching practice and watching scrimmage. Last year, he was involved an awful lot. But he was involved an awful lot with blocking schemes, and he, and he he helped out a ton. At six four two thirty, you right. you have to use. But him there. if I'm a quarterback, especially an inexperienced quarterback, and Jamie and I have talked about this a lot, is he's my security blanket. <laughs> I'm I'm finding out where number eleven is right from the get go. So I, have you seen him get more involved catching the ball? I or? saw him line up as a as a receiver for some passes. Uh, he's got to be like your your Jimmy Graham per se. Something like that. You got to use him. He's he's too big. It. He's fast for his size. He you got to use him. Let's kind of look at some of the some of the positions. We can just go right down the line. I mean, let's start with quarterback at the top of the list. Now, you know, it seems to be a neck and neck battle right now with uh, Quadre Griggs and Keon Howard. You know, from everything I'm seeing from different reports, you know, one will have the edge one day, another will have the edge the next. So it's probably going to be one of those situations where a, a starter is not named. Until we take the field, what have you what have you kind of seen, Trevor, from the quarterbacks this off season? I think I don't I didn't see it from what I watched as neck and neck. I think uh, ability it's neck and neck. I don't I see Griggs definitely has the advantage. Uh, I think he'll start versus Kentucky. He has 
the slight edge in mechanics. He's got better footwork. He uh, turns the ball over less, which is probably the uh, the decision maker there. Uh, like I said, Keon, I, I think the one thing that stood out to me the most was his footwork. I just I just think Griggs has the edge there, but I would put my money that they both play significant time versus Kentucky. Yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, and it's one thing about these quarterbacks is they're definitely more athletic than what we had with, I mean, not a slight on Nick Mullins. He actually had a really good pro day running the ball. <laughs> but, you know, these guys are a little more athletic. We saw what Keon can do with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, he can get the freshman jitters out of the way. He's definitely a, an athlete when it comes to, to running the ball. Yeah, in all fairness to Keon, um, he wasn't supposed to get near the field last year. No. You know, and all of a sudden, if, if you want to call it a deer in the headlights or whatever, but you could see the talent. Um, and then, unfortunately, right after we saw the talent, we saw the ball on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, yeah. but, but we also saw the ability to chunk it like sixty-five yards in the air on a rope. So you know, the ability's there. I'm firmly on Team Griggs. I have been for for a while. Uh, I just think he throws a better ball. He's and, more sound. Uh, Hobson said you give him about two weeks, he'll know a little bit more. But I think I think we'll find out that game day. We'll find out who it is. I totally think both of them are going to play. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless I guess somebody gets in there and goes like seventeen for seventeen. And scores yeah. four drives in a row. Or throws three interceptions. And Yeah. <laughs> well, with quarterbacks like that, I mean, if you had a little more depth, there might be a situation where you could put both out at the same time and see what happens. I mean, that sounds like some kind of wacky stuff that uh, – hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to do that. But I mean, if you're not giving the game away, try what you have to try. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, if, if anything, it's something that you have to prepare for. Right. That's what – that's kind of where my question stood is uh, – is he is Coach Hobson aiming for to find out who the starting quarterback is, or will he start to plan for a dual, dual threat quarterback system where both play interchangeably depending on what type of game he's trying to have? So I don't know where he's trying to go that route. As of right now, my understanding is that he is searching for the starter, but I don't think it would bad idea be a bad idea to consider playing both of them. I don't, I don't think anything changes as far as game planning or putting in um, whatever – scheme or plan you're going to try because they're both so similar exactly nothing's going to change it's not like you got a you you have a plan for like last year a plan for Keon and plan for Mullins that's two entirely different game plans so not to change well to change the subject really quick for the fans that are listening on the radio right now you flip over to YouTube uh, Southern Miss Basketball is playing in the Bahamas against IBA Elite IBA Elite um, <laughs> they're having a staring contest. They're having a staring. It looks like we're about to get into a game of Red Rover pre-contest before they tip off. But uh, this is the first time we've had a game on in studio since the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. That so. was the toughest show to get through, by the way. I think this one's a little more lax. I mean, I mean, both fans are going crazy. Both fans are me going crazy. Is like, it, it is a staring contest, but I can't see who's winning. I can't. <laughs> Doc is not winning. Doc is looking at the M&Ms on the table right now. He is blinking. <laughs> I'm All right, tweet, I'm, so tweeting, I'm tweeting out a photo. We're going to have this on right now. You know, you guys, if you're listening, you want to flip over. It's on YouTube. They're going to have games on the next couple of days. We'll get to that later on in the show. So running back, that's a position where we have a little more depth, probably one of the premier positions on the team. You've got Ito Smith leading the way, one of the best running backs in Southern Miss history, definitely a guy who has a shot at the next level. So I'm really, you know, and what my understanding of the, 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 the offensive line, we'll get to them in a minute. They're young. They've had an easier time run blocking than they have pass blocking. So when you have the dual threat quarterbacks, you have your Edo Smith, you have your big receivers that can block and aren't afraid to block, 
I, I kind of see running the ball is, is the way to go, at least in that first game. So, Ito Smith, man, what do you guys think about Ito coming back for his senior year? Well, you said uh, you got to run the ball in that first game. I think that's one of the things that the coaches are, I, I wouldn't say fighting over, but I think Dawson and Hobson prefer the pass. So, it'll be interesting to see if they give in to, to what they're comfortable with and what they're what they're used to to run the ball a little bit more. I think you should run the ball heavy just to be safe. Uh Especially, I would say, when Keon gets in the game, just to ensure that there's no pressure and, and interceptions thrown. Same same thing with both of them, honestly. So you have to rely a little bit more on the running backs and uh, and the receivers as well in the passing game to, to just open things up. I talked to uh, uh, Staggers after the scrimmage, and he was just like, he feels that uh, it's on them, it's on the receivers, it's on the running backs to structure that offense to make it easier for the quarterbacks and open the game up. So Whether you – throw the ball to open up the run or run the ball to open up the pass. Either way, Ito's got to touch the ball Yeah, <laughs> quite absolutely. a bit. I mean, he's the best player on the football field. I mean, for, for most games we play this year, he's going to be the best player on the football field. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, either way you want to look at it. Um, and teams know that. They know he's right. going to touch the ball. It's not It's not a secret, and they, there's no way that they can disguise that. He's just got to do what he, do, what he does. Behind him, you've got some depth. I mean, in – you know, George Payne has battled some injuries. The word on the streets, he may not be back the first couple of games this year, but we should see him maybe late September-ish. Uh, Tez Parks, a guy that's been here for two, for a couple of years, uh, all the ability in the world, I kind of feel like Tez, given the right situation, could have a breakout season. To Roderick Daniels, we talked about him. You've got Andre Hale. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle running back, and you always need a lot of depth at that running back position because that seems to be one that there seems to be some injuries at some point Every in the season. Yeah. Every single year, are you getting like week three, week four, and you're trying to figure out who's going to be your backup running back that game. <laughs> Right, you know, and we've always been well. The last several years have been blessed at running back, um, and I, I firmly believe that Edo's going to be the next guy to, to make the next step in the NFL. Oh, he will um, definitely. You know? and you think about that. You know, I was watching last weekend. I was watching that Southern Miss Kentucky game from last year. I mean, we used the pass to open the the game up a little bit, but we had no trouble running the ball in the second half. Mm-mm. And I don't think too much has changed as far as the front seven for the Wildcats goes. Let me ask you this: So why is it? Like when we played LSU last year, that in the second half, when we you know we hung in until halftime, we got beat in the second half. Well, whenever you're playing an SEC team, quote unquote SEC team, and you lose in the second half, it's like, well, you just didn't have the depth, man. You know, we just ran our guys out there and just pounded you down. But when it's flipped and we just absolutely dominate Kentucky in the second half, it's not that we have more depth. Like, I mean, what, any any insight as to why that is? Ah, uh, yeah, it's just that just typical SEC guy. It's high resource, high resource five propaganda, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know they have some had some tremendous athletes at Louisiana State, but when you look at explosive plays, we gave up a lot of explosive plays last year. It wasn't like we you know we gave explosive plays to most of the teams we played. Yeah. We shut them down a lot of the times, but you know two, three, four times a game, they'd break one off for eighty yards. Yeah, a, a really good friend of mine who I rode to the LSU game with. Um, he mentioned that he said, "Well, man, you know, we just wore you down. That's you know, we had that eighty-yard run late, and uh, you know, that's where depth come in." I said, "Well, I guess North Texas has way more depth than we do too." <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> because exactly. everybody did it. You know, and not point. to mention that LSU game, our quarterback had his ligaments hanging out of his hand. Right. You know, it took Nick a couple of weeks to kind of get recuperated from that uh, UTSA game when he had that injury. So, but you saw what he did against Louisiana Tech. You saw what he did in New Orleans. I mean. It'd be interesting to see how that season would have turned out had Nick not suffered the injuries that he suffered. 1,000%.
Well, we got uh, a little bit left in this segment. We'll start on wide receivers. This is this may be the most depth we have at any position on the team, really. I mean, you start with Staggers. Right now, it kind of seems like Staggers, Isaiah Jones, and Corey Robertson kind of mm-hmm. have the nod at those positions, but you got a lot of depth there. you got Chase Whitehead. You've got uh, Jordan Mitchell coming back from, from Oak Grove High School. He's made some very athletic plays in the spring. Kez Watkins. Uh, maybe the fastest player on the team, are right up there with the rest of them. You got Trevor Terry, the transfer in from Jones County Junior College. A couple of new guys, Jalon Adams, Gatorade Player of the Year in Alabama, and Tim Jones. So you got a lot of depth at that receiver position. You throw in a couple of guys too, like to Roderick, that may be coming out there playing a little bit of slot. That's going to be a position we're going to have some depth at. My personal pick to click, K. Rob, Corey Robertson, mm-hmm. number eighteen. You heard it here first. When we come back for the break, Jason's going to tell you all about his Corey Robertson fandom. We're going to talk more Southern Miss right here with Trevor, Trevor, I was about to say Trevor Terry, Trevor Ritchie <laughs> and Jason Bailey on the score 1400 AM and News Radio 98.1. Welcome back to To the Top Talk. So, Trevor Ritchie, Jason Bailey here in studio. Now, Jason, we didn't get to talk about this last week, but you had a chance encounter with one of the Southern Miss football players last week. We can yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, the new dog park downtown. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my wife and I are going down there on a Sunday like we normally do uh, to let Dash run around. And um, anyway, we walk in. There's only one other person in the small dog side, and uh, they're wearing Southern Miss stuff. So, I go over there and just sit next to them and uh so well my wife starts talking to the girl i guess the girlfriend and um anyway long story short it ended up being a cory robertson and so um you know he told me a few things that i'm not positive i can say on the air (laughs) but uh but but he did say he was looking forward to the season i asked him if he could if he could uh if he's gonna give me 10 touchdowns this year and he said Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get you 12 there you go we're gonna hold him to it man i don't have encounters like that when i go to the dog well well, 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 right and and it's kind of creepy also told him exactly where we sit you know right behind that right upright if you're looking at it from the field i said so when you score i said we're gonna be right there first second third row make sure you give a shout out he said he would so yeah score a bunch of them Corey, if you're listening Uh, (laughs) um we were talking about the receivers before the break trevor what are your impressions of this receiving core right now i think the only thing they need to do is is focus on themselves focus on their footwork get their get their cuts on I, hobson touched on that a little bit when uh he spoke to us after the scrimmage that uh he was hitting on uh, staggers probably more so than anyone else that as long as they just work on their routes and work on their precision they'll have no issues this season Moving on to the tight end position, we talked a little bit about Julian Allen coming up. You also have Jay Sean Washington backing him up. A little bit of depth there. And I, I I saw in a couple of places where they kind of had uh, freshman quarterback Steven Anderson um, playing a little bit with the tight end as well as the quarterbacks. Not necessarily a permanent move for him, but they kind of have him there to kind of look at building some depth. But, I mean, really, Julian and Jay Sean, they're going to be kind of be that safety valve for those young quarterbacks. Jay Sean kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Oh yeah, I mean he's a superstar. Absolutely, you know you just—it's hard to get past just just physically looking at Julian Allen. Then you know he can just dominate you off the line right there as a blocking back, and if he catches it, he's got some wheels. Right, right. Um, but don't forget, Jay Sean. Um, you remember his first touchdown he scored a couple years ago? It was Mississippi State against State. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we all, we're all kind of you know introduced to Jay Sean, and he got injured and was out the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. So again. 
weapons just all over the place. We and just got to find a way to get it to them. That, Absolutely. That's good for, for the two quarterbacks battling and, and coming into it. You know, a new situation. They, they couldn't have a better situation where they're sitting right now. You could have a little bit more experience on the offensive line. You could. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And the offensive line is kind of where we're going to go next with this. One of the big moves in the offseason, uh, Tyler Stutzman, uh, or Stuntman as some people call him, he was uh, he's kind of suffered a little bit of injuries. And so they kind of moved Devin, Devin Ferrier over from guard to center. And he's kind of been excelling in practice so much so that he kind of seems like he's going to be the guy this year at the center position. He just needs some rhythm. That's all he needs. He just needs to get get the experience, stay there, keep working, get some seasoning on him. Kind of the you know what the kind of the consensus is for where the depth chart stands right now among multiple outlets. Uh, you know, longtime Southern Miss offensive lineman Jerry Harris. You know, he kind of started as a defensive lineman. They've got him playing the right guard position, and then redshirt freshman Arvin Fletcher. They've got him as at left guard. Um, at the tackles, Ty Pollard in his second year, redshirt sophomore. Big old boy there, and then Drake Dorbeck, another big guy at the at the left tackle position. The issue you're going to run into here is depth. We had some attrition in the offseason, a couple of players that were kind of uh, projected to contribute, as well as some of the incoming guys uh, didn't didn't quite make it to football season. Um, so there's going to be some depth issues. It's just part of it. We may have to play some true freshmen. Some of those freshmen are kind of getting thrown in the fire. They definitely have ability, just don't have the experience to excel right now. It's kind of like the defensive backfield was a couple years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, it's one of the deepest spots on the field. Uh, so you look at this, I mean, and what we're lacking in experience, we're sure not lacking in size. Oh, no doubt. Um, Dorbeck, 293.66. Fletcher, 310.63. Barrier, 30. I mean, just, you know. Some are going to have to lose some size to to make it work. <laughs> Jimmy Terry there at 63372. According to the, that's a big old boy. Goodness yeah. gracious, and that's I think he'll contribute, but it's going to take some time for him to, you know, lose a little bit of that weight. It shouldn't, it. not in this Mississippi heat. I, it shouldn't take long at all. I, absolutely, get in the car and start driving. <laughs> right, <laughs> turn and the no, AC off. No kidding. <laughs> well, let's flip over to defense. And one of the things that uh, Trevor alluded to, uh, a lot of depth on the defensive line this year. We'll start at the bandit position right now. Paul Thigpen, Xavier Thigpen, he's back. Uh, poised to have a great senior year. Right behind him, Darian Yancey, who, who you certainly would expect to contribute as well. Uh, then you move on to the defensive tackle spot. Draper Riley seems like he's got that short up. you got a lot of depth behind him, Rod, uh, Rod Creighton. Uh, Ladarius Harris at nose tackle. And then there's a battle at Wolf between uh, Paxton Shrimpshire and Allen Fails. And one thing they've been doing in practice, Trevor, is they've been kind of cross-training these guys at different positions. Yeah, I think uh, even with that cross training, when it came to that uh, to that first scrimmage, the the defense won. Everybody saw that. Uh, the defensive line had an innate ability to get to the quarterback. Whether that was the inexperience of the offensive line or not, uh, we'll just have to see. But uh, it's still early. They limited big plays by getting to the quarterback and by staying good in coverage. But um, the size they have here, just like we were talking about offensive line earlier, which they have the skill to match it, but 6'7", 232, 6'4", 304, I mean, it's incredible size, especially to be as quick as they are and have the ability that they have. Shrimpshire last year came in, and he looked fast, and he looked physical. Um, he looked healthy. Did he look smart? <laughs> <laughs> I left out smart. But but no, I mean, and, and as far first of all, can you guys tell me the difference between the bandit and the wolf? 
Uh, your your wolf is going to, you know, it used to be Bandit was kind of that linebacker position, which I guess it kind of is a little bit off the edge. The wolf is going to be a little more of a linebacker position than the Bandit is. Okay. So you may see those guys drop out back in. You could see, I mean, really, you, there were times last year where we had no down linemen uh, on the defense. There were mm-hmm. times where they were all standing up moving around. So I think that's part of the or- organized chaos we have here. And in some of the passing situations, some of those outside guys are going to play inside. Boy, it would be nice to get back to that. I don't know if you were around for that, Trevor. But when we, we, we those late '90s teams. No, I'm fresh. He's that, fresh. Uh, off. I'm '97. You're not. You're. You got here in '97. Wait. No, I was born in '97. He was born in '97. Oh my god! So he was a baby. Lord have mercy. Well, anyway, <laughs> he had Vegas gold diapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, anyway, you, had, we, we you saw had, flashes had, of that last year. Yeah. Last year we saw I mean, flashes well, of well, that. Well, we were really famous for bouncing around a line, and not. I mean, I know we had a bunch of NFL talent like Adelius Thomas and those kind of guys that could play a bunch of different positions that were fast and big. But uh, we started to do a little bit of it last year. I think we kind of got away from it because we got burned a few times. But um, it looks like we might have the size and the speed to do it a little bit more this year. Before we go to break, man, looking at the Southern Miss basketball team, Golden Eagles up twenty-four to nineteen with two thirty-four, two thirty-three left in the first quarter. I'm assuming. So, Southern Miss basketball has a lead on IBA Elite. IB Elite. Uh, IBP Elite. Um, it sounds like a beer. It, it does. It's oh, an it's IBA. Bahamas. It's kind of like the red stripe version of whatever they have down there. So, <laughs> Hooray. Southern Miss basketball. Uh, hopefully, this is uh, it's cause for a good season. Hope so. So, we got a lot more to talk about as far as the defense goes. Um you know, the secondary and, and the return games. I, I'm, for one, am getting a little excited about football season. You were born in 97. Oh, man. <laughs> but I, I know this song. I, he I, knows I, this song. I, I pledged a fraternity in 97. Wow. All right. We're not going to hear what Jason had to do. You guys come back to us. We got more <laughs> Southern Miss football after the break right here on To the Top Talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. We are talking Southern Miss football, continuing on with our breakdown of the Southern Miss football team for 2017. We're talking about the defense right now. I'm here with Trevor Ritchie and Jason Bailey. Let's move on to the linebacker position. Now, just like the defensive line, some of these guys are going to be interchangeable in in both positions. we got the the Mike position and the uh, outside linebacker position. You know, you got guys like Jeremy Sangster, who's been in the program for a while, uh, Sherrod Ruff. Rakeem Booth, Walden Davis. You even got some some uh, guys that may not have played this position as long, Evan Osborne. And then T.J. McGinnis, the the athlete out of Pisgah, the same high school that Tory Bowie came from. You know, he was a wide receiver last year, and they've got him apparently making some waves at the outside linebacker position. So it seems like, if nothing else, this linebacker position definitely has a little more speed than what we may have had last season. Did Evan Osborne come to Southern Miss as a wide receiver? I think he was a defensive back. Like, defensive back? Yeah, they kind of had him in that safety spot the past few years, and he just keeps getting bigger. And, you know, it's nice to have a senior right up front. Um, it's nice to have a guy like Osborne um, kind of backing him up that's been around, that's, you know, that's been in the battles before. So, And I know that, like, during the scrimmage last week, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Sherrod Ruff played a little bit of that middle linebacker. They had some injuries that – so they kind of had to move guys around. So some these guys are all going to be interchangeable. They are. I think. I think they're just looking for some athleticism in the guys that just have the ability to pick it up quickly, so they can have some more depth at that position. 
there's a lot of experience in the defensive backfield. Uh, you start with a nickel spot. You got Picasso Nelson coming back. Um, at Rover, you got a, a young guy that that he kind of sh- has shown flashes, especially the first spring game he played in. Demetrius Market out of South Panola, uh, Tavarius Moore, the defensive back out of uh, Pearl River, also playing the safety spot. Very very athletic guy. And then you got Cornell Armstrong and Curtis Michael, both playing the corners. So there's a lot of depth there in that secondary. And then you got some young guys, uh, Rashawn Mitchell, that have kind of been stepping up in practice. So. We're going to lose a lot of these guys this year. I think uh, four out of the five are seniors, but we have some young guys coming up. What, what have your impressions been, Trevor, of this defensive backfield in the uh, summer workouts? Uh, they limit big plays. I think that's the biggest thing. You have to shut those down. I think uh, their size, looking at six foot, five eight, five ten, they can get caught in some mismatches and, and some coverage issues. But I think they are experienced enough, and they they have enough uh, play time under their belt where they can where they can uh, limit those big plays. And I think that's the biggest thing. They're sound in coverage, short. They just need to as long as they protect against the deep ball, they'll be fine. It kind of seems like Picasso and Cornell have been here forever. I mean, those guys. You definitely have some experience. They're some leaders. Carry got some good leadership. Uh, leaders uh, out there. Abilities, especially back there Cornell. I saw that. I can I can give him a shout out real quick. He he's a leader. You see him, it, just his demeanor on the field. And you can see that just kind of the way he tweets sometimes, you know. You can see that in Picasso as well. Well, it can't be really overstated either that about the senior leadership back there. The guys have been in there. And they would probably even tell you they're way better at football now than they were two or three years ago. Right, right. Most of the people that they'll be playing against will be the two or three years you know, younger than them constantly. So – I'm telling you, man, uh, and I know we got a, a lot to uh, to bring in next year um, as far as that defensive backfield goes. But but this year, and you hit on a big thing, Trevor, limiting the big plays. How bad? I mean, how many times did that hurt us last year? Even though my favorite player kind of did some of it, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 honestly, I mean, you know, you limit those big plays, and then you know we eliminate the turn. If we just have half the turnovers we do we did last year offensively, then we do that last year, and there's at least two more wins. You know, if not three more wins last year, so we were we were that close to being as 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 weird as the season went. We were really that close to being a double digit victory team. I think uh, one of the most promising things I've seen is it seems as if the older guys are taking it the most serious in the sense where they're even treating it like they're fighting for their spot. I I talked hmm. to Staggers on on offense after the scrimmage, and he was just like, "We all feel like we're fighting for our spot." And and that's that's a beautiful thing to hear and to see out there with the guys that like Cornell and and the, they know they have their spot and they know they're going to play, but they still treat this fall camp like they're fighting for for their spot. And, on the team. and those two in particular, as well, well as Curtis, you know, they were on that team that uh, you know went what well, what was it one in eleven? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they came and they remember what it was like and what they've kind of had to battle through to get here. So you definitely have some character coming through the experience that they had to go through early on in their Southern Miss career. Real quick on uh, special teams, it kind of seems like uh, Tess Parks and Tarodrick Daniels, those are two great guys you want back there returning the kickoffs. And then Alan Zay Staggers has kind of got the nod at punt returner, but. You know, there's some guys on the depth chart. You could see a number of guys back there returning kickoffs, kickoffs as well as punts. But it kind of seems like to Roderick, that's that's kind of kind of be his thing a little bit. Um, Place kicker Parker Seanfield last year had a great season uh, until he got injured. So hopefully he can come back, recreate that. 
it, and a punter. We have a transfer. I believe he came from uh, Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, Tyler. Some big shoes to fill. It's a big shoes to fill. Tyler uh, Flatow. I think it's, I wish it was Flato. That's what I want to say. Um, <laughs> Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. But uh, he kind of seems like he's kind of getting the nod at punter. So, you know, hopefully we can continue our tradition of having solid uh, special teams. What Have you noticed anything, Trevor, from the special teams during uh, practice? I haven't seen a lot. I know our uh, our place kickers on point. I know I, I know y'all y'all know more about it, the special teams than I do, but uh, I think there's a question mark at punter. I don't know if they're set on anybody, but um, how is Parker Schoenfeld's hair? Like helmet off or helmet on? Helmet helmet off. Pristine. Helmet off. Pristine. Yeah. <laughs> helmet on. You you have a couple questions, but then he he unbuckles the chin strap and pulls it off, and you can't complain. Nice. We got one segment left. We got a lot to cram in this segment. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> so you guys come back to us. We're going to be talking Southern Miss sports right here on the score 1400 AM and News Radio 98.1 to the top. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. We've got uh, one segment left here. Real quick, a couple of uh, news of note. Southern Miss and Mississippi State announced a three-game series that will start in Starkville in 2019, returning to Starkville again in 2023, and then in Hattiesburg in the Rock in 2024. Meh. I mean, Yay. yeah, whatever. Um, so that's happening in case. And I know there's a lot of people have interest in that, but we're just kind of uh, have mixed feelings about yeah, that whole I don't. Scenario. So, but one thing of interest to Southern Miss fans, there's two policies that came out this week. First off, there's a clear bag policy. And basically, um, you can have one, this is especially for the ladies, one clear bag in the stadium, no no larger than 12 by 6 by 12 inches, or a one-gallon resellable plastic storage bag per person will be admitted into the athletic venue. Fans will also be allowed to carry a small clutch purse not to exceed 4.5 6.5 inches. Now, if you've been to an NFL game the past few years, that has been in place the entire time. It was in the place we went to Louisiana State. It's annoying, but it's just kind of the thing you have to deal with with Homeland Security now. I mean, I'll, I'll trade off. I mean, if you go on Amazon, buy you a little something to put your stuff in, $6, and, and get in the game quicker. I mean, I understand. And it. that's part of it, too, is, is yeah. getting people into oh, the game. Oh, it's time of entry. That's, it's safety and time. That, that's it. It's easier for them to search it, so whatever whatever they need. And, you know, there's on the website, you can see all the things that you can and can't bring in the stadium. Unfortunately, for people like Jason, diaper bags are not on the list. But, dude, get you a clear diaper bag. Yeah. And, Jack, you know, that's the thing. We're going to get all this stuff ready, and we're going to go buy a clear diaper bag and get him in the game. And he's going to be four minutes in and just crying and, like, <laughs> you know. And so then Katie's going to have to leave. Well, better him crying than us. Um, <laughs> so, also, golf cart policy, a new golf, golf cart policy. This is something that's been debated for some time. I'm sure a lot of Southern Miss fans have mixed feelings about it. But basically, three hours prior to kickoff, golf carts will not be allowed in the perimeter. You can look on the Southern Miss website and see the map. Um, also, those who bring a golf cart – you have to abide by the rules of the road according to the Mississippi Traffic Code, which basically means you can't be driving on the sidewalks. Uh, you can't be intoxicated. You have to have uh, licensed drivers. You have to have insurance to tag and proper equipment. This is something they've let slide for a while. I know a lot of people use it to get around campus. On the flip side, you got a lot of people that have almost been hit. 
uh, by people just driving wild across sidewalks. So I can see both sides of it, but this is something that's implemented a lot of places, and they're just not bringing it well, here. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because we needed to clarify. I had people asking me during the week after they and, – and by the way, Southern Miss is notorious for having bad timing on these things. Absolutely. But anyway, they are asking me. They said, man, I don't got something going this year. They said you can't tailgate before three hours for the game. I was like, no, it, it didn't say that. It said that, you know, that the rules went into effect for the golf carts as far as three but hours. But the golf before. cart is the tailgate. I, I, but you can you can <laughs> you, you can bring it in and park it and get ready to go up until you know three hours. But yeah, it's it, not it's, that big of a deal. Can't be in the perimeter, basically where. And, and, and honestly, like off. with the clear back thing, we're just late to the party there. Everybody yeah, else does. We had we had to yeah. do that last year at LSU. So, hey, follow us on Twitter. You can follow Trevor at Richie TMR. You can follow us at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason Bailey at Bumper J Bailey. We'll get into comedy shows and whatnot next week. This weekend, Media Day, as well as Eagle Fanfare on Saturday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. And as always, Southern Miss, To The Top. Talk.